plot of Don't Look Up is also the plot of SpongeBob SquarePants the musical. And I will be taking no notes on this concept. And um, after learning this information from you and then watching the movie, I a thousand percent agree. <laughs> Cinderella has 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 choreography in it. There things have been choreographed in the movie Cinderella. <laughs> Members of the Academy, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Someone at the Academy, listen to me. Listen to me. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Off to Broadway, the podcast where we deep dive into anything and everything musical theater from the comfort of my car. I'm Tara. I'm Stefania. And in today's episode, we're talking all about the Oscars. This is a new one for us (laughs) and something we probably won't do going forward because I don't think there will ever be another year of the movie musical like there was this year, which was so super exciting. And we thought because it's it hasn't really happened like this for so many years, it would be a great time to talk about the Oscars. Yeah, this was a really exciting year where not only were there a lot of musicals made, but a lot of them that seemed to have Oscar buzz and awards buzz. And, you know, a, a musical hasn't won Best Picture since 2002. And this year it felt like there were... At the beginning of the year, maybe like four potential musicals that could have got into the Best Picture race. There's only two. <laughs> well, well, there's only one there's musical only one. in the Best Picture race. But then by the end of the season, there are only like two that were potentially yeah. in there. But, you know, we had options this year as opposed yeah. to other years where it's kind of like one or done. So it, it made, as musical fans, the prospect of this year's Oscars much more exciting than normal. Um, I mean, saying that, you know, 2021, I mean, I'll go as far back as 2020, because that's when a lot of this was supposed to come out, but like 2021 um, into 2022, so many movie musicals, but I think it's also interesting to think about, there's been a lot announced in the last little while, like 13 is going to Netflix next year, we've got Mm -hmm. now a full cast of The Color Purple, which is so exciting, and... I don't know that Wicked's going to be 2022. I'm inching towards 2023, but there's a there's like people attached to it now. So, I think This is the furthest Wicked has ever gotten in the exactly. process. So So, for a period of time where there was kind of like a musical theater blackout, if you will, in the film world, we're kind of coming up again to have at least a couple projects per year, and that's not even including the animated that are out there. Yes, yes. The animated is kind of where you can always rely on having great songs, um, employing musical theater writers, songwriters, actors even. Um, But then now this past year, we've seen uh, theater performers be employed in a lot of the films of this year. So that was a really exciting addition. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about even what we think that means for the future of movie musicals like do we think they're going to continue being greenlit in this way or i don't know does the kind of like flopping of dear van hansen in the heights do you think that bodes badly for movie musicals coming up i mean it's a great question um we did touch on briefly in our in the heights episode last summer like are we in the golden age of lin-manuel miranda and I think we are. Um, I mean, 2021 was with In the Heights, with Encanto, with Tick, Tick, Boom. Vivo. Um, Vivo. Yes. So, I, I mean, he did have a lot to do. I think he's taking a break now. He's just resting. 
I'm sure he's writing. I'm sure he's doing something, but he is doing it behind the scenes. But I do think it's an interesting question. But then I also think about what I just said of what's coming out. And, you know, we're getting a color, the color purple again. So it is these these aren't small titles like that's a big title Wicked is a big title obviously 13 is not a big title if you're not a musical theater fan but I think the I'm not gonna say super success of West Side Story because I don't think box office wise it was like super successful but the critical success success of West Side Story and awards nomination success of West Side Story is really a good move and probably a step in the right direction to keep the momentum of the movie musical alive. I hope. But we'll have I, to see. Yeah, it, it's great because it's it's hard to know, I think is where I end up on this, because the most successful movie musical of 2021 was probably West Side Story. And still, and I know we're in a pandemic and theaters, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think we can, we can say theaters are back to normal yet, especially where we are. Um, but the box office performance of West Side Story was really bad. Yeah. Really, really bad for this big budget, huge movie that they expect to have huge success. Mm-hmm. So as much as a critical success as it is, it didn't make a lot of money. Right. And and that was that a movie that cost line. a lot of money to yeah. make as well. Where it is interesting, I think this is something that we had talked about um, earlier last year about how many movie musicals were coming out and how many different platforms they were coming out on. You know, we have, everybody's talking about Jamie on Amazon Prime. We have Tick, Tick, Boom on um, Netflix, Cinderella, Amazon Prime. Dear Evan Hansen was a movie theater release, but then later release, no, that one actually was a full only movie theater release. Um, yeah, I think it might be VOD now. Yeah, um, In the Heights was a dual movie theater and HBO Max. So there were lots of opportunities because that's another one. In the Heights bombed at the box office. That being said, we were in a very different time of the pandemic when that came out and really no one was going to movie theaters. So, and we've talked about, you know, like the Spider-Man of it all. And maybe that had something to do with West Side Story too. But it's it's hard to say. Like, it's difficult to say what, what will come in the future. I think maybe streaming is the correct platform for the movie musical um, because it's just that much more accessible to everybody. I I agree. I think the way that... So I think streaming can have be a huge platform um, for success for things like romantic comedies and things like musicals. However, I West Side Story, I went back to the theater for it because I wanted to see that on a big screen. I wanted mm. to see those colors. And I think you, especially when so much thought and care has been put into these big screen pictures and the way the sound is relating to you, to watch it at home is not the same. Like, I want the movie theater experience for something like West Side Story. And I wanted it for In the Heights, too. I think my opinion of In the Heights would have been slightly better if I had seen it in a movie theater and had been able to be immersed in it. Um, So I really hope we don't end up losing out on these big movie musicals in favor of just lower budget ones. I hope we get to have both because I want those big bombastic on-screen experiences to continue. The solution to that may be to not have like 12 movie musicals come out in a year and maybe stick to like three or two. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Because Um, I just think back like... A Star is Born, which you and I are not sure if it's a movie musical or if it's just a movie with music, but that's an entire other conversation. But like that was a a great movie to see in the theater. I feel like so many people saw it in the theater. Go back a few years, La La Land, I saw it 
three times in a movie theater. I saw it twice. I saw it twice. Right? So I think when there are like these ones that you can pick out and throw them on a big screen, I don't know. I just hope we don't lose this because we've never had this. Not in when we have been at the age to appreciate it. You know, the 60s happened. We weren't alive then. But now that we've had this, I just, I hope it continues in the future. For sure. So let's talk about this year's awards. So you, we've mentioned the kind of movie musicals that came out this year. Do we want to recap them again? So we had, um, in order of release, I think, In the Heights, Dear Evan Hansen, Cinderella, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, everybody's talking about Jamie. Tick, tick, boom. West Side Story. We also had two others that we haven't seen, but Cyrano and Annette, because those were also eligible for awards this year. And only... Not including believe, the animated. Right. Not including the animated. And only one of those movies ended up being a Best Picture nominee. Which I don't think is a surprise. I think Netflix was really trying to get Tick, Tick, Boom in that best picture 10. I think if West Side Story and Tick, Tick, Boom did not come out in the same year, we'd have a very different award season. Yes, but also um, Netflix already has two movies in the 10. They have Power of the Dog and Don't Look Up. And, you know, a campaigning budget is stretched thin. And at a certain point, you have to kind of pick. And I think Netflix was like spread between all of these movies that they had and Power of the Dog is kind of the front runner and still is the front runner. And so to be putting campaigning dollars behind a much smaller movie that has a much lesser chance of getting nominated, mm-hmm. um, I don't think they were, they were campaigning it for sure, but not as strongly as I feel they were Power of the Dog and Don't Look Up. So there, I mean, there's politics, there's all these different things that come into it. For sure. And I think it's so interesting to have this conversation in general because think back like 10 years ago, none of these streaming services were even in the conversation of the Oscars, any award show at all, right? So now we have so many different platforms that are campaigning all of these movies. And I mean, you're not going to compete a Lin-Manuel Miranda directorial debut with a Leo, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, like Timothy Chalamet. Like it's just not going to happen, right? So Mm -hmm. I agree that they probably were like, well, Power of the Dog is already front runner, like critics pick, Mm -hmm. potentially going to win Best Picture. We have this so. super star-studded other movie. I'm not sure we're going to put everything behind Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield's They, they put a lot of dollars behind <laughs> Andrew Garfield's Best Actor campaign, which was their and best shot at a so. nomination. Correct. You have to choo- pick and choose where you're going to put your put your dollars. Yeah. Um, but, and I think, and I do think Netflix was the right platform for tic- for something like Tick, Tick, Agree. But yeah, it's hard when when you come to like this point in the process where it's like, oh, if it was with a different studio, maybe they would have been able to focus 100% of their energy on Tick, Tick, Boom mm-hmm. versus having to be like, okay, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, ranking one, two, and three. And Tick, Tick, Boom was the clear third every time. Yeah. But in terms of, you know, the one movie musical that is in the best picture uh, spot, West Side Story, I think when one... Steven Spielberg is attached to a project. There's always a possibility that he's going to get a Best Picture nomination no matter what the movie is. Two, a reimagined story of a beloved musical is kind of also something that I feel is like in conversation. And three, this movie had like the biggest budget, like huge sets, as you said, made for a movie theater. Like it was 
it was the one. And I feel, in my opinion, it was always the one. As much as I love Tick, Tick, Boom, I never thought that it was going to be in the Best Picture race. There was a point this past year before West Side Story came out where I really thought there was no chance to be nominated. Before I'd seen it. We hated this movie before we saw it. It had disappeared. It It had disappeared from the (laughs) conversation. I, I thought it was so odd that we were not talking about this movie. And then, you know, maybe a week before it was released, a week before I saw it anyway, I started hearing rumblings like, oh no, guys, it's really good. It's really good. It's really good. And then finally seeing it, like, burst back into the conversation. Yes, I think it was also smart for them to not sort of show all of these trailers for West Side Story at, like, the beginning of the year because as soon as, as you said, like, two or so weeks before it dropped... I was seeing TV spots every single day for West Side Story. So it did pick up on its marketing campaign towards the end. And the clips that they were releasing, it was like, oh, this looks great. And like the little bits of the music that we saw, I think it was like the Tonight Balcony scene, 20 seconds of Rachel singing was released and everybody lost their minds. So they did a good job of like picking and choosing what to put out into the world before the movie dropped. Yeah, they didn't overwhelm us with content. So the 2021 West Side Story was nominated for seven Oscars. We're recording this and this will be released before the Oscars come out. So we'll do some predictions at the end of the episode, but we don't know what's gonna happen. So the nominations that it got are um, Best Picture, obviously, Best Director, obviously, for Steven Spielberg, Best Achievement in Cinematography, Janusz Kaminski, um, which I think is great, Uh, Best Achievement in Costume Design, Paul Taswell, Best Sound, um, Best Production Design, and, of course, Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role for Ariana DeBose, the only acting nomination the movie received. Um, I also think, which is interesting because when, again, when this was announced, and we won't get into, like, the Globes or anything, but for Globes, like, Rachel Zegler was nominated and won. Uh, Ariana DeBose nominated and won. Because the Globes have those separate musical or comedy categories and drama categories, so it opens it up to 10... That being said, I'm pretty confident that Ariana DeBose is the favorite this year, which is so exciting and so something that I don't think I ever thought was going to happen. I I mean, I don't know if this ever happened before and someone correct us if we're wrong, but has a movie that has won Best Picture before. So as the uh, previous West Side Story movie won Best Picture in 1961, has has another adaptation of the same material ever been nominated for Best Picture again or won in the same categories? Because Rita Moreno won Best Supporting Actress um, back in 1961, and now it's looking like for the exact same role, Ariana DeBose yeah. is going to win Best Supporting Actress. The closest thing I can think is probably A Star is Born. Right, because um, there were three versions. So, oh, yes. Like, yeah, so I don't, they didn't necessarily win, but kind of remakes of the same concept being nominated multiple years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know if this has ever happened before that two adaptations of the same material, both being nominated for Best Picture, um, yeah. 60 years apart. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's so interesting too because West Side Story super decorated in 1961 for those Oscars and like seven nominations is pretty decorated for 2022. So to have 60 years between a project and for it to be as successful as the first version, I feel like is uh, hats off to you, Steven Spielberg and every creative team, because it wasn't just 
a reboot. It was an actual reimagined project that everyone enjoys. So here's where I think they were snubbed. Here's Mike Feist. No, okay, we'll talk about him. Here's the snub, in my opinion. Um, Tony Kushner for Best Adapted Screenplay. I agree. Because I really feel like so much of the reimagining is in that brand new screenplay. Um, And so much of what I think makes this version great and sets it apart is in that new screenplay. And to not honor Tony Kushner is to kind of, I feel, and to give it all these other nominations, is to kind of, I feel like, not see the movie to not understand what what made it special and made it different I agree with that I also think it's interesting because again Golden Globe's like not a real award show at this point but the other award shows that exist West Side Story was nominated for adapted screenplays so the one that counts wasn't and then just to go on the second movie again as we had said that like there were Four movies potentially in contention, now really only two. Tick, Tick, Boom, only two nominations. Um, nominated for editing, which was kind of a weird one for me. I don't know. I think they wanted to maybe give it like something else, but didn't know what to give it. Because as much as like we raved on Lynn's performance, he was never going to be nominated for no. Best Director. There, there's um, a lot of great directing that, that happened this year. Totally. And... Um, the one nomination that I am like thrilled about, I feel like we are all thrilled about is Andrew Garfield for best, um, actor because he was like, he is that performance is everything. So, um, it, he was snubbed at the BAFTAs, which is interesting to me because they had nominated so many like British actors and he is obviously one of their own, but I'm like thrilled that he is in this category because I think he deserves to be in this category it is like one of the best if not the best performances I've ever seen him give so I think yeah I think he's wonderful in this I really he he is the center of the movie and like the nucleus and everything kind of like spreads out from around him so yeah I feel like his oh his nomination is a way to honor the whole movie because it is it is centered around his character and the it's all like from his character's brain um Mm -hmm. everything that happens in it we said like lynn had a good year like he also had a good year because you know like eyes of tammy faye is also a project that he was in i saw it i liked it um i think jessica chastain's nomination was like kind of left field because she was not in the conversation yeah i feel like Um, she really disappeared from the conversation then she like came roaring back with this yeah well i mean this is an interesting thing that happened and it happens sometimes i think it much more like much more often happens with best actress but None of the Best Actress nominees are in Best Picture award-nominated movies, and only two of the Best Actor nominees are in Best Picture-nominated movies. And I think there are many reasons for this. This happens a lot in Best Actress because, you know, we think what, like, what movies are considered, like, Best Picture um, contenders, and a lot of them, a lot of the times, they aren't movies that are centered around women. So it often happens that there's, like, a disconnect between leading actress and best picture but I think it's really interesting that even the men only two of those actors so Will Smith and Benedict Cumberbatch are in best picture nominees yeah yeah that is that's true I didn't even think about that there is another movie in the best picture conversation I don't think it's gonna win but that does center around music and it is a movie that I loved um and it's I haven't seen it yet you should watch it because I loved it. Wait, um, am I wrong? Is the Moritz from Deaf West Spring Awakening in this movie? Yes. So it, the movie is CODA and it's uh, CODA stands for Children of Deaf Adults. And it's about um, 
a daughter in a family who both her parents and her brother are all deaf and she is the only hearing person. Um, but she wants to sing. And obviously that's something that her the rest of her family cannot relate to. Um, so her mother's played by Marley Matlin. Her father's played by Oscar nominee Troy Kotzer. And uh, her brother's played by um, Broadway's own Daniel Durant. All three of them, I believe, have been involved in productions of Deaf West Spring Awakening. Um, Troy Kotzer was in... Um, the Deaf West Big River that made it to Broadway um, 20 years ago. Um, so they've all like, they have huge theater connections. And I was watching this, I was like, oh, these, like, uh, I, it was exciting to see like theater people and yeah. not conventional theater people. These are people who have done musicals, but as like shown in this movie, music is a much different experience for them than for everyone else and for the actress who plays her daughter. Um, I think it's a really wonderful movie. I think they do some really smart things. I feel like it's very, um, and I mean this as a compliment, very emotionally manipulative. Like it wants Mm. you to feel so much. And I think the script, the way it's presented, the sound design, the editing, everything, it is in service of making you feel that emotion. I think it does a really good job. So I would highly recommend Coda on Apple TV. It is on my list. Um, while we're talking about like other movies that have music, um, this was not nominated for Best Picture, but I also just watched um, Being the Ricardos, which I know you have seen Kissing. as well. Yeah, And yeah. we just need to shout out Javier Bardem's Cuban Pete because that's really the only good thing in that movie. They called me Cuban Pete. Um, I was peeing my pants. Sorry, like not to tangent about Being the Ricardos, but I was watching this and I, I think I liked this movie more than you did. I but didn't care for it. <laughs> I was watching this movie and I'm like, Javier Bardem and Nicole Kidman are in their 50s. They both look amazing. Why are they in flashbacks playing 20-year-olds? They, I'm like, it's it's not realistic. It's not believable it's to me. Yeah. Well, Javier Bardem is singing and I'm like, sir, you're not 23. You are not. I mean, before we move on any further, speaking of age inappropriate roles, we do need to shout out that um, Dear Van Hansen was kind of a darling for the Razzie Awards this year. Um, You know, Ben Platt nominated for Best Actor. But the real reason I'm bringing up the Razzies is because (laughs) Diana the Musical received nine Razzie nominations, and I'm obsessed. The Razzies (laughs) are the only award show recognizing the real work this year. The only award show Minus Dear Van Hansen, but yes. <laughs> recognizing true masterpieces like Diana the Musical. Well, um, someone also had on the track of the Razzies, this has nothing to do with Diana, we'll go back in one second, but someone pointed out that there has only been like a few times in the histories of the Razzies and the Oscars that an actor um, could be nominated for like two at the same time. And they were talking about Jared Leto for House of Gucci, which I thought was funny. Um, but yeah, back to Diana. Best for... and worst performance. But he yes, did not exactly. get the Oscar nomination. No, thing. but did get that Razzie nomination. So, you know. I haven't um, seen House of Gucci. I have not seen Father Son House of Gucci. Um, me either. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, the Razzies like makes funny categories and the fact that like every single cast member was nominated for a Razzie from Diana it just like warms my heart and you know what they appreciated it too Twitter was really funny the day of the Razzie nomination they were in on the joke uh it was before it's time people didn't understand before it's time appreciate and, and just to give Diana like one more second of screen time and I promise we're 
possibly never gone enough, after never this. Never enough screen time for Diana um, Musical. I recently watched the uh, PBS like Return to Broadway, and I just need to say that I feel so bad for Gina DeWall and how much she talked about finding an audience for Diana on this like PBS special that obviously never happened. No. But like she went to opening night of Wicked, and the cameras were with her at opening night of Wicked, <laughs> just like her like cheering on. But they really thought that they had something with Diana. They did. And, I mean, they did have something. I loved the opening night speech that she gave and like everyone throwing roses and she was talking about that moment and how it was like her Oscars moment that will never happen ever again and just to hear like the passion about this project so you know the Razzies nominated Diana the Musical and the Oscars nominated Kristen Stewart in Spencer so a Diana story everywhere it's true um Let's talk a bit about the history of the movie musical at the Oscars because there are so many that have been nominated um, in the history of the Academy Awards. I believe, are we in our like 92nd Oscars? Is that right? That's a great It's 90-something. Um, I'm not confident what it is. But I'm in, not confident either. In all of the years of the Oscars, there have been 10 Best Picture musical winners. This will be our 94th Oscars. Okay, great. So I was off by two years, but still in the 90s. Um, so what's interesting to me is this goes as far back as like the second ever Academy Awards. The first ever movie musical to win was called The Broadway Melody. Um, and it is the first movie with sound, which is like crazy to me because how else are you supposed to like reward a movie musical if it didn't have sound obviously way 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 ahead of our time um Absolutely. but i mean doing research it. for this doing research for this episode was like really eye-opening because i was seeing so many categories that just uh, i couldn't comprehend so much of it was like production design or costume design for a colored film um, yeah. versus a black and white movie and yeah. i i had just never thought that they would be different categories no. at all um, or that, and of course, they have different um, considerations that you have to take um, for a movie in color versus in black and white. Yeah. Um, okay, what are the other movies that were nominated so for? Just to go through the list, um, so it starts with the Broadway Melody. The next movie is Going My Way. Have not seen that. Here's where we're like, we start to see movies. I've obviously seen Oliver. Um, I love that movie. I was in Oliver, so it like has a special place in my heart. Um, then we have The Great Zigfield, An American in Paris, classic, um, Gigi. Then we have the original West Side Story, My Fair Lady, which I would say is probably like number one on most people's list of like the greatest movie musical of all time. Um, maybe West Side Story. I feel like it's a toss up between those two. Then we have, you know, another super classic, The Sound of Music. And then we skipped a million years in between and the next movie musical winner was Chicago in 2002 and I mean we can't count it but we'll kind of count it La La Land 2016 was like right up there almost <laughs> won it <laughs> did it almost see I would I would be so curious to know if it did was it like actually almost the second win. place I know. <laughs> or not that was an iconic year do they do that though do they even have a second place I don't think so well, I guess like tally of votes you would figure the tally it out eventually will but Let we us. never know what it is. We can just speculate. Release the results. The accountants give us yes, that. The I'm interested. Who is it? Pricewaterhouse Cooper? Is that who does it normally? Like, I think so. I mean, give us like Miss America style and give us the top three. Give us a runner up. And the yeah. first runner up. <laughs> I would love and that. And the film that would fulfill the winner's duties if they were unable to perform. <laughs> 
is I love it. La La Land. La La Land. <laughs> I, I do. I am very curious. I, it is a very confidential process, but it is, um, I would love to, I mean, I am studying to be an accountant, so this is the dream, actually, to tabulate the, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, wow. the Oscar, the Oscar votes, the award show votes. Would you ever but tell I, me, if you ever, if you ever made it up to that high scale level of being an accountant for the Oscars, imagine. would you There's let like me three. know the statistics? <laughs> um, I wouldn't, wink, wink. Wow. Absolutely not. <laughs> Um, I am always interested because it's like um, a ranking. The way you vote for best picture is a ranking system, right? So yeah. you pick your first favorite, second favorite, third favorite, however many you want. Um, so I am always really curious to know the winner, like how many pitch- people picked it as their number one favorite or was it a lot of people's like second or third favorites, you know? Um, I'm always I'm always very curious to know how that shook out. I'd be very interested now that we use the weighted ballot system, and especially with 10 movies that there are this year nominated for Best Picture, um, I'd want to see, okay, how did this get nominated? Did a lot of people absolutely love this movie? Or is everyone just like, this movie is good. I liked this movie. Um, That's what fascinates me the most. Um, Did you say that you have a full list of every single movie musical ever? I have a list of every, I think anyway, movie musical nominated for Best Picture. How many are there? Wow, I didn't count. Um, let me see. And some of them are like borderline. Like, do you consider Bohemian Rhapsody? I know. I was going to say that. I don't. It's so hard because I feel like I have this issue with the Tony Awards and like bio musicals in general. Right. Like are like jukebox bios, like jukeboxes are not nominated. So in, in this sense, like would a jukebox be nominated for an Oscar? I don't know. To me, like a Bohemian Rhapsody, a Rocket Man, a Star is Born is a movie with music. Mm. I don't disagree. Like, I, I was talking to my mom, there's a movie, A Coal Miner's Daughter, which is a Loretta Lynn biopic. And I'm like, mom, would you consider this a musical? And she mm-hmm. said, I would in the same way Bohemian Rhapsody is a musical. Um, in the same way that Beautiful Carol King musical is a musical. In the same way sure. Jersey Boys is a musical. Um, <laughs> Jersey Boys is also a movie. I don't think ever nominated for Best Picture. I, I don't think so. Or sorry, I not won. Best Picture, like nominated. even in contention. I don't know if it was in the conversation. I mean, Clint Eastwood movies are always kind of in the conversation, unfortunately. Yeah, but it wasn't very good. I never saw it because I've never seen a version of Jersey Boys ever in my life. I don't think um, you need to. And I think I might keep it that way. Um, yeah. Okay, so the last, if we're not counting A Star is Born or Bohemian Rhapsody... Um, the last time a movie musical was nominated was La La Land in uh, in 2016 2016, um, Oscars before that Les Mis so let's count while we're doing this Les Mis two Um, before that Chicago in 2002 Um, before that Moulin Rouge in 2001 then here's here's one Beauty and the Beast okay I know so the Disney like the animated which is also crazy sorry when was the Last time, oh, I think Toy Story was the last animated. Toy Story three, I think, made it. Ended in. up in a. But that was in like a Best Picture ten, whereas this is in a Best Picture five, which, is, movies, which is iconic. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I don't like I don't think Beauty and the Beast is my favorite of like the Disney movie musical golden era, but I can understand why it's there. Do you know what won that year? No. The opposite of Beauty and the Beast: Silence of the Lambs. You know, Anthony Hopkins eating people's faces. Like, Does Beauty and the Beast count? I mean, we'll count it. Five. Because I think um, it's like one of the only ones. Um, 1979, then we jump to All That Jazz, the Bob Fosse movie. Yeah. Um, 1972, Cabaret. 
1971, Fiddler on the Roof. This is where this is the golden age right We're, here. Yes. 1969, Hello Dolly. 1968, Funny Girl and Oliver. So we're at 10. 65. We need to pause and confirm if it was 10 or 11, and then we will continue. One eternity later. We've okay. confirmed 11. <laughs> 12 Sound is what? 12. <laughs> yep. My Fair Lady, 13. Mary Poppins, 14. Those are the same year. Can I tell a little funny anecdote? I was telling my parents about that. Not a funny anecdote. People will know this. But um, Julie Andrews started My Fair Lady on Broadway. And when they were making the movie adaptation, they did not offer her the role. They offered it to Audrey Hepburn, who didn't even do her own singing. Um, and Tragic. So, but that allowed Julie Andrews to be able to do Mary Poppins, which she then won Best Actress for at the Oscars that year. And she's thanked Audrey Hepburn for... <laughs> That's taking iconic. that role because without it she would not have been Mary Poppins and she would not have been able to win Best Actress at the Oscars she and also, Mary Poppins is my favorite movie so I mean Mary Poppins is everything I also feel like that's when like Julie Andrews entered into the Disney universe and if that never happened we would have never been blessed with the Princess Diaries you're absolutely right you're absolutely right the Princess Diaries <laughs> is important it's really important yeah. okay that's 14 um, The Music Man Wow. 15. So much to think about. So much to think about. West Side Story, 16. Um, Gigi, 17. The King and I, 18. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, 19. Uh, An American in Paris, 20. And finally, 21, The Wizard of Oz. And there were movies before, but this was before that, there wasn't like a best picture category. It was just the winner. This Sorry, not- let's go back for one second. Do you consider The Wizard of Oz a movie musical? I do. Do you not? No. I consider a movie with music. Okay, so this is very interesting because... I will say, though, Wizard of Oz, like, maybe my favorite movie of all time. And also, I remember, like, having this conversation with my parents because... What year was that, did you say? 1939. So, um... Wizard of Oz was 1939. That's iconic for that movie to be that good in 1939. But I remember my dad saying the first time that he saw it, um, when when you enter from the black and white to color, mm. it is maybe the greatest thing ever created on screen. Yeah. It it's is really better magical. than any CGI that you could ever create in this day and age. Okay, but like, let's discuss. I think it's a musical. We have put on The Wizard of Oz. Like, I have done The Wizard of Oz. I think there are so many like amazing songs in it, but I don't think there's enough to round out to make it a musical. I think it's a musical because the songs continue the story. Like, the mm-hmm. story is told through song whereas why i wouldn't count something like a star is born is because the characters are singers and they are singing not to tell the story but because they are playing they are singers um and musicians i think the other reason that i don't really consider it is because there was that musical of the wizard of oz is it andrew lloyd webber am i making that up no it is andrew lloyd webber yeah so that was like the only ever stage Minus the one that I saw at like the Hummingbird Center, which is now what like Meridian Hall. I'm pretty sure when I was I four. Know, I don't know um, that with Eartha Kitt, iconic. <laughs> um, but that I feel like was more of a play. So when I saw like the musical version that Andrew Lloyd Webber did, that was the first time I was like, oh, maybe it could be musicalized. But like I don't, I don't know. It's strange. It's hard for me to think of that 
Because to me, I think of that as just like a straight up movie. I don't think musical at all. I mean, I always, I've always considered it a movie musical because there are those um, musical moments. But I do think the definition of musical has changed. Like, I think mm-hmm. if that this movie mm-hmm. was made now, I don't think I would consider it a musical. But because um, the way movies were made then and structured, um, That's true. it's very different from now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we, I've come up with, with that, 21 movies that were nominated for Best Picture. And of the ones that I just listed, I believe only seven won. And then there are three that won before Prime. that. Yes. Um, yeah. But they there wasn't I mean, a Best Picture category. It was just a winner was named. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting, I think, again, to like not really have, especially when you, you eliminate like the Bohemian Rhapsodies and Star is Borns, to, to think that there hasn't been a year since 2016 where a movie musical has been nominated. Although I would argue that The Greatest Showman was like really great movie musical. Um, never going to be nominated for Best Picture, but like in terms of the music of it, I mean, we've done an entire episode like amazing so i feel like between 2016 and now that was really the only one that caught my attention i feel i don't know if there was another one in between that time that was only really the only like live action musical yeah. well mary poppins returns was also kind of in there which was a musical yeah um i like half watched that movie it wasn't really i saw it in theaters nowhere to go wow. but oh yeah i i support i support lin-manuel miranda okay <laughs> I mean, speaking of Lin-Manuel Miranda, I think it's important is he gonna to EGOT talk this year? about... Is he going to EGOT this year? Is he going to EGOT? Not just EGOT. He would join an even more rare club, which is the PGOT, because that man has a Pulitzer Prize. You're right. Who Does anyone else have a PGOT? There's a couple... I think there's a couple people. I don't know off the top of my head. But I do want to talk about the best original song category, because I don't know that we have ever had a year where a song from a movie was nominated, but it is not the song that is taking over the entire world right now. I'm talking about We Don't Talk About Bruno from Encanto. So let's talk about the best original song category. I believe movies submit which songs that they want to be nominated. And then there is a short list that is formed from that. Mm, That makes sense to me. There's a very long list that I'm sure you can find. And then there is a short list that was created that's only 15 songs. Um, and then from that short list, five of those songs are selected for the category. So, and a lot of times they, the studios submit songs before the movie has even come out, which I think is the case with what happened with Encanto, because obviously we don't talk about Bruno. Uh, I've never seen Encanto and I can sing that entire song right now. Oh my God, exactly. (laughs) Like it is taking over, first of all, it is like smashed every single chart. It is on the Billboard Hot 100. It is like viral on TikTok at time of recording because I think it's important just to like have this as a piece of history. But like it has 213 million views on YouTube. Like it is crazy. But I think it's so interesting when you talk about like the composition of a song and like the nature of the best original song in general, because this song is like an ensemble piece. And to compare it to Let It Go, which is the one that it beat out for um, all of the like history of the Billboard uh, uh, top 100s, Let It Go is like a belty solo song that 
mm-hmm. is the one you know when you're when you're thinking of what song from Frozen are you going to submit for the Oscar it's obviously Clearly. Let It Go so to think of like those two together and I mean I have tried to watch Encanto now three times and sorry to everybody that loves Encanto but like I can't get into it <laughs> so I do think it's interesting that um this song clearly like taking over the world right now is as you said probably Lynn was like no one's gonna like this song it's an ensemble song like why would I submit this when I have like a more beautiful song that I'm gonna submit and it what's the one that got nominated um it's Dos Origuitas so um yeah I haven't seen the movie so I don't even know I haven't heard it because I haven't seen the movie I um, have definitely heard it. It's been like on in the background of the three times I've tried to watch Encanto. But okay, but like actually, let's look at let's look at the five. Let's see if we think Lynn's gonna egot this year. So the nominees are Down to Joy from Belfast, which is by Van mm-hmm. Van Morrison. I couldn't pick it out. I have seen Belfast. It's a lot of Van haven't Morrison heard music. it. I think it's in the opening credits. It's a lot of Van or the closing credits. It's Van Morrison like scores that entire movie. Um, because I believe they are from Northern Ireland. Wait, before um, you go on, wasn't there a rule? Because I remember us talking about this on the prom episode. The rule was that the song has to appear like before a certain point of the credits, right? It has to be either used within the movie or the first song, credit in, the song. Open, in the closing okay. credits. It okay. can't just be like, I don't know, Here. a random song played at the end of the movie. Yeah. And it also has to be written for the movie it can't yes. be a song that was recorded elsewhere and then right. used for the movie um so dos Origi- and then next is dos origitas from encanto lin Ramo miranda the song is somehow you do from four good days written by diane warren never heard it in my life never heard this but movie diane in my warren life. is diane warren <laughs> we she deserves an oscar for the song um why did you do that to me from <laughs> a star is born my favorite song um next is be alive by beyonce um from king richard and finally i think lynn's challenger here no time to die from the movie no time to die by Billie eilish and phineas phineas that's a bond song almost always always wins i agree um I actually really like this Bond song. Sure. I love Skyfall too. Like that was, I think the Sam Smith one was like, Meh. I know but everyone hates that, but that I listen to that one all the time. I, I think have I just you love listened Sam to Smith. this Billy one? I think this one's really good. I love, I, I there was have. a, well, cause it won Grammys a year ago. I know. I was actually <laughs> talking to um, my brother Corey about this. Cause I was like, is it even part of this award season or was it technically like last Oscars because Bond like it's been that song's been out for what feels like forever the song's been out forever because they thought James Bond was gonna come out the movie got pushed so many times yeah Bond just came out this fall um Daniel Craig's final farewell let's predict who we think the next James Bond is gonna be (laughs) isn't it what's his name isn't what's his name from Bridgerton in conversation oh reggae reggae Jean Page Uh, I would be into it I would I think he's in conversation but also like I don't care (laughs) I know I know I just like to speculate I just think it's fun (laughs) um but I agree with you that uh Billy and Phineas are the ones that would give Lynn a run for his money well I also think sorry to go back on like the Lynn Egot train he had the opportunity in I don't remember what year it was but like how far I'll go to me is a much better song than anything from Encanto. Um, right, but How Far I'll Go lost to um, La La Land. Yes, which I think it was always going to lose to La La Land, but yes. I do think I it's think a How great Far song. I'll Go is probably better than City of Stars. 
Yeah. But La La Land just had the momentum that year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to to Lynn this Oscars. Obviously, it would be so exciting if he became an EGOT he and it. a PGOT because, like, a damn. Okay. Um, so, oh, the who else is in the I'm reading about the PGOT. I'm reading about the PGOT right now. Some say the PGOT refers to the Peabody Award, others say the Pulitzer Prize. So, um, Mike Nichols, Rita Moreno, and Barbara Streisand, if her special Tony Award is considered, they have a PGOT through the Peabody. Okay. And Richard Rogers and Marvin Hamlish have a PGOT through the Pulitzer. Um, He'd be so, entering like royalty there, basically, yes. with those two for sure. There's also the iconic Regot. Which includes the Razzie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Alan Menken has a regot. Love um, that. What was he? What was the Razzie for? Okay, it's for um, worst original song for High Times, Hard Times from Newsies. That's rude. Uh, I feel like maybe not the worst song. I'm ever. reading all these these uh, like variations. An egoat, which includes the Annie Awards for animation, which Robert Lopez has one. Uh-huh. Um, and this is a tragic one. The anti-EGOT of being nominated for all four awards and not winning never any. winning. Wow. Lynn Redgrave wow. has been nominated for an Emmy, a Grammy, and Oscar, and Tony has never won a single wow. one. So sorry. Um, yeah. So um, what are you going to do? While talking about the best original song category, I would like to talk about a snub because from Don't Look Up... The Kid Cudi, Ariana Grande, Just Look Up song is actually amazing. Can we talk about my observation about Don't Look Up that I texted you last week? The plot of Don't Look Up is also the plot of SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical. And I will be taking no notes on this concept. Um, And after learning this information from you and then watching the movie, I a thousand percent agree. (laughs) It didn't like it didn't click with me when I was watching um, Don't Look Up but then I'll share I was listening to the original cast episode um, with Patrick Flynn where they're talking about Spongebob and he was describing the plot I'm like this is the plot of Don't Look Up <laughs> this is the plot of Don't Look Up oh my god <laughs> you know who would appreciate that information literally nobody else in that cast but Timothy Chalamet <laughs> he would appreciate I think that. maybe he would maybe he would yeah I don't know if any of them have seen Spongebob Squarepants the musical do you think Leonardo DiCaprio has seen Spongebob Squarepants the musical a hundred percent not. If that's what I mean, if anyone maybe has seen he's it, taken it's his young girlfriends to see it. Maybe he's taken his young girlfriends. <laughs> They're about the age. I mean, while we're on the don't look up train for one second, this is such a rant that has nothing to do with the episode. But yeah. can we just talk about the fact that like Leo made Jonah Hill watch The Mandalorian <laughs> 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 that they were roomies that they were just like binging TV shows. But then that's when the article came out that like Leo took his current maybe ex to a movie theater like rented out to watch all of the star wars while he like ran around the lobby with a lightsaber and they broke up maybe after that i'm like this is iconic i have not heard that story until right now (laughs) oh my god steph you need to like read about this because it's literally the funniest thing ever it's like allegedly he like brought a lightsaber to this movie theater and like made her watch it while he like Fought the bad guys in the lobby. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, anyway, that song that Ariana Grande sings, really good. And I feel like I heard it. Did she perform this on The Voice? Am I making that up? I don't know. I, I feel like I, I heard her I, perform I this somewhere. Or maybe I saw like someone like react to a video of it. And I thought it was a real song. I mean, is a real song, <laughs> a real but song. like made for a movie. But the lyrics are like that wild. Should have, that should have been nominated for the Oscar because I feel like it added to the movie. 
It's you know? so good. It's actually good, though. Like, it's very catchy. She sounds obviously amazing on it. And I agree, it did add to the movie. Although, not sure why Ariana Grande was in the movie in the first place, but that's a whole other point. Um, but we were discussing before we recorded the, like, short list, which included, again, some of those movie musicals. Um, Anonymous Ones from Darren Hansen was on that short list. Uh, we mm-hmm. are both, like, indifferent to it. I've never listened to it again since we saw the movie. Nope. And then the other one is Dream Girl from... Cinderella, um, million to one, robbed of the shortlist. <laughs> if it's a million to one. And if we could nominate best performance from Cinderella, it's obviously Am I Wrong? <laughs> Am I Wrong? <laughs> yes. Um, there were, there is an original song in In the Heights that did not even make the shortlist. Was it the Mark Anthony one? Um, yeah, it was the Mark <laughs> Anthony one. <laughs> I remember when you were watching There's a song that. from Annette yeah. that made this shortlist. Oh. Um, there's a song from Coda that made this shortlist, but I don't even remember it, oh, to be honest. Mostly Coda was covers. I mean, while we're in the original song, um, I asked you right before we uh, started getting ready, do you have a favorite original song from the Oscars? I absolutely do have a favorite original song from the Oscars. If you, any of you are familiar with my best friend, Alessandra, I'll name her hers uh before but she loves call me by your name and she specifically oh, loves Sufjan Stevens Sufjan <laughs> um and actually her favorite Visions of Gideon was nominated not nominated but Mystery of Love yes just want to shout her out here wow um because it's probably the one I've heard the most because she just plays it all the time it's on every um, single playlist at every single like event we've ever been at together <laughs> it'll be like everyone will be bopping and then it'll just be like mood brought immediately down while Visions of Gideon plays <laughs> Exactly. Um, okay, mine is absolutely zero shock to anyone here. Falling slowly from once. Um, that was the first time I heard it. It was at that Oscars that year. Take this what is this song yeah um and then it just kept coming up in my life in different places before i saw the musical and i was like this is the song yeah so falling slowly glenn hansard or marqueta irglova um the stars of the movie my what is yours? my favorite, favorite is the classic of all classics we just discussed whether it is a movie musical or not it is obviously somewhere over the rainbow it's like rainbow. i just think it is such an iconic song it will be forever that song will never not be Absolutely. iconic again like I've sung it so many times like it's just one of those things it's like has a special place in my heart so I love it so much but um yeah the original song category is like kind of interesting when I was looking through the years of the Oscars um I thought it was so interesting that Dream Girls had three songs nominated that year um Mm -hmm. obviously Dream Girls on stage first then movie but to think that they they wrote 
so many new ones. Like that doesn't always happen for a musical that already exists. No. And now I think isn't Listen in? Yes, it's in the. I when the, I saw it in the, the West End. Now yeah. is Love You I Do in the musical? No, now? but I. That's my no. favorite one. That's that song slaps. It's so good. <laughs> that song is everything. Yeah. Um, is Patience in the musical now? Ah, uh, I don't know. If if no one has seen Dreamgirls in like a few years, go back and watch it because I think it might be like Eddie Murphy's greatest performance of all time. Oh, I think he was robbed of the Oscar that year. I agree. But who won? Who won instead of him? I, I but I always think Eddie Eddie Redmayne. Especially, or, <laughs> I said Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne has an Oscar. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, um, especially his performance uh, during Patience when he sings. Um, Alan Arkin won for Little Miss Sunshine that year. I mean, we didn't need uh, it. Alan Arkin, like. There are so many moments I can pick out in Dreamgirls. That felt like a career award versus then a performance award. Whereas I think for Eddie Murphy, that is performance Mm. of the year. Yeah, he was great in that movie. Everything that he did. And then I also think of like, you know, we've discussed Enchanted, but Enchanted also nominated for three songs that year. Yeah. Which is, I mean, Stephen Schwartz. Against Once. So Happy Working Song, So Close, and... The best one, that's how you know. Wow, so close. Got a nomination. That That's a slow one. <laughs> and then the the fifth nominee in the 2007 um, Oscars was Raise It Up from August Rush. So if you're just huh. thinking of these three movies, once August Rush Enchanted, name a better movie. Name a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And then, I mean, not nominated, not even in a movie, but we can never, ever forget when you had an Oscars party... And the in memoriam was sung <laughs> by Jennifer Hudson to the song from Smash. Um, What's it called? Oh my god! I know. I just had it on like the tip of my tongue, and now I can't remember. Um, I can't let go. Can't let go. I can't let go. I can't let go. <laughs> yes, Jennifer Hudson, <laughs> who sang it on Smash and then sang it. The way we were we were in your basement watching the Oscars, yep. like not really paying attention because, you know, we were like filling out our Oscars ballot. And then she started singing and we were both like, we know this song. We were like, what is the song? We've heard the song. We're like, oh, my God. Jennifer Hudson singing a song ri- written by Jimmy from Smash at the Oscars. Legendary. We'll never forget that for the rest of my life. <laughs> I mean, some other great. You know, best original song winners. Uh, You'll be in my heart from Tarzan. Oh, I love that Again, song. Name a better, name a better song. That, yeah. um, when you believe from the Prince of Egypt. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> can you feel the love tonight? Um, um I can you feel uh, colors of the wind? I mean, I mean the absolute the greatest. My heart will go on. Yes. Um, Canadian Queen. Canadian Queen. Um, really, like so many great ones. Yeah. Um. And this is often a category that will honor movies that don't have a lot of nominations in other places. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they really, really don't. Um, And this year, I think, you know, Belfast and King Richard are Best Picture nominees, but the other three are not. So it could go go in any direction. Yeah. With this year having so many movie musicals and so many big production numbers, Mm. something that I felt is missing as a category is choreography. I would love for there to be a way to honor choreography in movies at the Oscars. And I know in the past they've done kind of special awards because I know Bob Fosse has won them or Jerome Robbins has won them. Um, But I think, and I mean, 
realistically, not every year are there going to be enough high caliber movies with high caliber choreography. But I would argue that choreography means different things. And absolutely, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Thinking about, let's say, the Tony Awards, something like Come From Away was nominated for choreography. And you wouldn't necessarily think of that as a big choreography a show mm-hmm. but it absolutely is it, you're absolutely right that doesn't always mean the same thing but this year you know we'd have uh, Justin Peck for um, uh, West Side Story we'd have Christopher Scott for In the Heights um, we would have um, ooh, who choreographed Tick Tick Boom I don't know I was just gonna ask you that. but there's like there I, I I don't have it on the top of my head but it is like really really fun great choreography like different yeah than what you would have in these other movies um cinderella has 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 choreography in it there things have been choreographed in the movie cinderella i mean a movie that we didn't like care for but like even dear van hansen has like not that there are big musical moments that people are dancing Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of choreography in that show like movement i think Mm -hmm. movement could be a category maybe not like specifically choreography um yeah it would be interesting for sure I, I think I think there's got to be a way to at the Oscars maybe it is special awards but to honor um, contributions to movies that are not that are outside of the categories that are already listed mm-hmm. and for me a big one is um, choreography another big one would be casting yeah because Bernie Telsey would win that movies, award <laughs> Bernie Telsey um, but who cast West Side Story this year because the casting of that movie yeah. Um, is like really, really wonderful. Yeah. Um, I think like those are, I, I want to continue to recognize or recognize kind of those outside contributions to movies that are so pivotal and so important to making them wonderful movies. Yeah. So I really would like to see a best choreography um, category added. Put it I know there. there's one at the Emmys. Members of the Academy, the I hope you're listening. <laughs> Someone at the Academy, listen to me, listen to me. Before you give, or we give our um, best picture or whatever we're going to do predictions here um I also want to say because there have been so many movie musicals this year and I think this is something that we agree on you know the Oscars should really dedicate a moment of the broadcast to some musical numbers because I want to see it and I don't know if that's one musical number that's two musical numbers that's three musical numbers that's Andrew Garfield opening with 3090 or closing with louder than words I'll take anything that we get but I think we need something I have a vision. I have a vision. The the it opens with Andrew Garfield being like, "This is the life." Bo-bo, bo-bo. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and my long term dream since I saw West Side Story it's has been to get Dance at the Gym, David Alvarez <laughs> and Ariana DeBose just like doing Dance at the Gym. Yeah. Okay. Mike Feist and Paloma too, but like, uh, I want to see David Alvarez and Ariana DeBose just. Like, I, I slay would just, us with their I mean, dancing. I know that in previous years of the Oscars, we've had, you know, performances of those original songs. But, like, West yeah. Side Story, not nominated for original song. Tick, Tick, Boom, not nominated for original Obviously song. Obviously not, because like, these are not original music. Totally. Yes. So, because we can't honor them in that way to give them a performance, like, we've... I, I think we need to see it and you know Andrew Garfield said that he is open to performing at the I Oscars. feel like he would do it he he is an attention seeker in that way Which that he I think he would go that. up there and sing and, um, that's fine it's fine we've also uh recently just found out that there will be three hosts for the Oscars this right. year um which is Tobey Maguire Andrew Garfield <laughs> Tom Holland or the one that I sent you yesterday which was Stephanie J. Block Michaela Diamond and Teal Wiggs as Cher yeah. throughout the years baby 
star and babe star I also saw, and diva um another one this morning of from sondheim's uh birthday celebration um meryl christine baranski and audra mcdonald <laughs> absolutely correct absolutely correct so absolutely correct. um but yeah i really hope that there is some way to to honor the movie musical this year like again mm-hmm. this has not been this way since like the golden age of movie musicals and give us a production number i want to see it okay something else i'm gonna pitch um, in Belfast, there is like a really lovely musical moment at the end um, where the two most beautiful people on earth, Jamie Dornan and Katrina Belf, Jamie Dornan sings Everlasting Love and Katrina Belf is dancing. Let's recreate that on the Oscar stage. Wow. I think we can do like a big medley yeah. of all of these things coming together. And then the- I-, I have a vision. Call I, me. I feel like we don't talk about Bruno's going to make its way into the Oscars. I feel it. Yeah, they should. <laughs> they should. Yeah, so. Um, let's do some predictions. Um, let's start. So, best original song we've kind of discussed, I think. Um, yeah, I I, I no, think it's going to be uh, Billy and Phineas. I really you think do. It's gonna, okay, then I'll say, I think I'm going to go with Lynn. I'm going to go with Given um, that EGOT. Encanto. Given that Given P-GOT. Given that um, So, best costume design. Oh, we're going um, through it here. <laughs> We're not going through it where I'm just, I'm like scattering around. I think best costume design is maybe the place where West Side Story can win an Oscar. Yes, I would agree. The dress um, is gorgeous in West Side Story, especially in America um, and Dance at the Gym. Stunning. The way they move, the the color palette, the yes. color story that they're telling. The other nominees are Cruella, obviously, um, Cyrano. Dune and Nightmare Alley. Um, Nightmare Alley has kind of like a like a kind of forties aesthetic, which is good. I thought the costumes in Dune were really good. Um, I haven't seen the other two. Um, I also think mm, best cinematography West Side Story is nominated for. I don't think it's going to win there. Is Dune in there? Dune is in there. I haven't seen Dune, but it just feels like a cinematography heavy movie. I like Dune a lot. Um, Tragedy of Macbeth is nominated in there. Okay. I can see... I do want to talk about Tragedy of Macbeth for one second. Um, Let's do it. This is a movie I watched, like, a couple weeks ago. I know you also recently watched it. Yeah. 100% black and white, which I think is super cool. And the way that it's shot feels like a pro shot. It feels like I am watching a stage performance just being filmed. I think Denzel is really good in it. Um, I think... Frances McDormand is really good in it. Um, I don't know that I would watch it again, but I thought there were aspects of it, like the crows that were super interesting. Um, there was also like a few Harry Potter reunions in in that movie. Yes, a lot of <laughs> Harry Potter people in this movie. I kept telling about, I'm like, Mom, it's Dudley. Yeah. It's Dudley. He he was not looking his best um, in this My movie. My family just watched a year later, The Queen's Gambit. He's and then, in that like, too. A week later, we watched the tragedy of Macbeth. We're like, this guy is everywhere. <laughs> He's actually really good in um, Queen's Gambit. I like him in that. He is really good in Queen's Gambit. I yeah. like him a lot in Queen's Gambit. Um, yeah. So, uh, while I was reading about tragedy of Macbeth. They filmed it all on a soundstage to give it that kind of like um, distanced from reality feeling. So even when yeah. the characters are outside, it it feels like they're like caged in because they are by these walls. Um, the lighting. It's a fully built practical set the lighting is absolutely gorgeous it's, there's so many different like visually, shadows cast. visually it's like Beautiful. stunning yeah i'd heard even so these shadows sometimes they strategically painted the set to look like a shadow mm. for when we were watching it um instead of having it be a real shadow 
to emphasize or further what was what was happening with the actual lighting. So I really think gorgeous. Um, so I think like my one they're nominated for production design as well. So I think that's yeah, I agree. They have a good chance. My there. one thing that I uh, was hoping for with Macbeth because the movie was completely in black and white. I wish that the blood was red. I think it would have been cool. It would have been cool. I mean, so another black and white movie this year is Belfast and they use color very sparingly mm. in certain moments also I think very well speaking of Belfast for one second we should mention that you know someone that we both love Kenneth Branagh is like making history I think this is the he's been now nominated for in seven different categories yes seven, first time ever like uh, independent categories yeah. I was trying to figure out what they were off the top of my head but I had to google it for the seventh one so best picture because he's a producer on Belfast best director again for Belfast um best actor best supporting actor and then both um best screenplay and adapted screenplay um so the seventh one is best live action short I don't know oh. what movie it's for but hmm. that's the seventh category but yeah no one else has ever done this so a man of many many talents we love Kenneth Branagh he's and so if you want to see death on the Nile uh, <laughs> starring Army Hammer. That's for you, I guess. Uh, best original score. Let's talk about best original score, actually. Um, so Don't Look Up, Nicholas Bertel. I loved the Don't Look Up score. I thought it was so fun. Um, Dune, Hans Zimmer. So good. I just, Amazing. I mean, has Hans Zimmer ever done anything bad? No. No, but this score was, this score was great. Um, Encanto, Jermaine Franco, to have a, a um, animated an animated movie in best original score. I know Soul had best was nominated for best yes. original score. Was it last year, the year before? Um, and then um, Parallel Mothers, the score by Alberto Iglesias, and Power of the Dog, the score by Johnny Greenwood, which was good. Um, for me, the standout is Dune, Hans Zimmer. I mean, I opinion. am not. Steph is Oscars queen this year. Has seen six. Best picture I've seen nominees? six of the Best Picture nominees. Yeah, so I have only seen a couple, um, but without hearing it, I would also say that Hans Zimmer probably is going to win this. There's the way it's like electronic bagpipes in this score. I have never talked about it's this great. on a podcast because when would it ever come up? But I obviously saw Hans Zimmer in concert because um, my brother Corey, big film guy, and we as a family collectively love um, Hans Zimmer. So my brothers and I went to go see it um, at the Scotiabank Arena, one of the, like, best <laughs> concert experiences ever. He's obviously, like, got some incredible, incredible things, but to hear that music live and fill an entire arena, and I've never been to a concert like that where people are just, like, listening and cheering, and some of the best stuff ever was, like, the Lion King stuff, um, any of the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, really, really amazing. That's great score. Yeah, so good. When he comes back around, he's going to do that. Um, Dune. <laughs> really, that, that Dune bagpipe. We don't. Okay. I, I know you're a like Interstellar fan, but that score is pretty good. The Interstellar, the Interstellar score is really yeah. good as well. I like that one too. Um, I would pick Dune over Interstellar, I think, though. Wow. Um, Score-wise. I just thought it was like, it was just like so cool. Oh. It was just so cool. Because the way it, because it sounded, you know, do, like, it's about this, like, futuristic, dystopic science fiction society um, that has, like, different technology than we do and is a different world than we do. And the way the music sounded, like, authentic to the world that we were in, I think, like, it matched so well. I think he did a really wonderful job. Now, in something that is absolutely completely unrelated to musicals, <laughs> we are going to take your time. 
to predict who we think is going to win the acting category at the Oscars. And also, again, keep in mind, I've seen like next to none of these movies. So we're really just like, this is my ballot. You're welcome. <laughs> I have done much better than you. Let's start with Best Supporting Actor. You're going to need to okay, list them got, for me. I will. Best Supporting Actor. We've got Kieran Hines in Belfast. Troy Kotzer and Coda, Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee in The Power of the Dog. I've seen all of these movies. Um, my absolute dream winner in this category is probably Troy Kotzer and Coda. Um, who I think is going to win is Cody Smith-McPhee in Power of the Dog. What I would agree Power of the Dog only because I've heard Power of the Dog is like the one this year. But I'm going to be offbeat and give it to Jesse Plemons just because... I think Jesse Plemons is lovely in this movie, and he nominated with his lovely fiance Kristen Dunst. I know. In the next category, we're going to talk about. Here we go: Best Supporting Actress, Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose as West Side Story, Judi Dench uh, in Belfast, um, Kristen Dunst in The Power of the Dog, and Ingenue Ellis, King Richard. It is Ariana DeBose. I do believe Ariana DeBose is going to win this category. And I think I would like her too as well. Making history, winning for the same role that Rita Moreno won for back in 1961. Also, can we just talk about for a second, like the trajectory of her career? Because I feel like things happen very, very quickly for her. You know, the she obviously had done like many things, but I feel like most people heard her name come into play when she was the bullet in um, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Is really when we started to hear about her. And then... Last year was in maybe the worst movie musical of the year, The Prom, um, playing Alyssa. And then... um, And people were saying she was like the best part of that movie. Yes. And then she also was in Schmigadoon this year, which I watched. It was fine, but I think she was like a highlight. Um, Mm -hmm. And now this. And I just feel like it's been really up for a very long time and I can't see her coming back down. I would love to see her back the on career. stage though. Like, let's get her back on stage. I know. Have we lost her to I movies know. forever? Once you become so an I, Oscar I winner, like maybe. <laughs> I, I feel like we might have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she's probably going to win and I think I'd be happy with that as well. Um, my snub in this category is why was Judy Dench nominated instead of Katrina Belf for Belfast? I think Katrina Belfi was wonderful in Belfast. Judy Dench is a dame um, though, so. She is a dame. But come I know. On guys. Watch the movie. Um, okay, here we go. Best actress. We've got Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, Kristen Stewart Spencer. For me, this category is absolutely wide open. Well, wide open. I, I remember we were talking about this, and I feel like for a long time, Kristen Stewart had left the conversation um, and then suddenly Early, came back in. She was the favorite. Yeah. And then I was worried she wasn't going to get nominated. Well, because of and then TIFF, right? Like in September, mm-hmm. when Spencer was at TIFF, a lot of people were talking about this performance. However, I do think Olivia Coleman might win it this year. I don't think you can ever count Olivia <laughs> Coleman out. I don't think you Whether I love it's Olivia TV Coleman. or movies, she is just never, always there. never count Olivia Coleman out. Um, I don't disagree with you. I also think kind of the other contender here is Nicole Kidman. <sighs> I love Nicole Kidman. I just feel mm-hmm. like she was playing herself with makeup in this movie. I thought she was good in it, but I think she the movie good, like let her down. But she's always good. Like she to me, she's never bad. So, like. You know what? We've talked about this so many times in person, and I think we've mentioned, but like <laughs> Lion, that Lion was Nicole Kidman's performance. I love that movie. I love Jeff Patel. And if you ever want to really cry your face off, Lion is the moment. It's so good. Um, okay, best actor. 
We've got Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. I mean, in my heart, as we all know, it's Andrew Garfield. But what's actually going to happen is Will Smith for King Richard. Will Smith. (laughs) He, I don't think he's lost momentum this whole time. Although I've heard like nothing about this movie. It came out, I feel like, pretty early. It was on HBO Max because it's a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it. It's one of the ones I haven't seen because... I, I think if there's um, going to be an upset just because of, like, how much everyone loves the power of the dog, it could be better than a badge. Yeah. I don't disagree. I think he's he's good in this movie. His accent's pretty good because he's doing, like, a... He's playing a cowboy, right? Cowboy <laughs> rancher I mean, accent This movie doesn't appeal to me. I'm not interested okay. in seeing it. We're, Let's let's get to the best picture nominations. I've seen six, so yes. I'm gonna rank for everyone Wait, here. Give us the ten. Really interested. Give us the ten. Okay, the full ten. The full ten in alphabetical order: Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. That's the ten. I, I think I've only seen two then. Which ones have you seen? West Side Story West Side? and Don't Look Up. Don't look up. That's it. Oh, well, that I think yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to rank based on how likely am I to rewatch the movie. That's okay. That's the most. Rewatchability. That's yep. the best ranking I can give you of the six I've seen. So I haven't seen. I know what's um, number one of rewatchability. <laughs> you know what's number one. I haven't seen Nightmare Alley, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, or Drive My Car. So yeah. take those out. Um, number six on my rewatchability is The Power of the Dog. Um, I saw it once. And that was too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, congratulations on the Best Picture award you're about to win, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to um, say. <laughs> number five in my rewatchability is Belfast. This was a nice movie. I enjoyed myself. I will not watch it again. I did cry, though. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's I really have gone like on, YouTube. on the low end of like, a lot of things make you cry. So that doesn't... <laughs> I have gone on YouTube and watched Jamie Dornan sing Everlasting Love like five times, though. So... That's, okay. that's, that's like really close to the end of the movie. Yeah. And it's funny. It makes you laugh, but I will never watch it again. Um, next, Don't Look Up. This was funny. I would watch this again. If it was on TV you would have it and on I the saw background. it, I would click on it. But it would never be because it's on Netflix. Number three, <laughs> these are the ones that I actually think I might click and rewatch. Uh, Dune. Dune is at number three here for me. Is it like three hours? <laughs> I, was, I straight up would watch this again. I would you watch, liked I would watch it this again that tonight. much? I did. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like really like this was a sci-fi epic that was I felt like really easy for someone who had never read the books, aka me, to understand, grasp what was going on. Who Gorgeous. directed this? So another snub, Denis Villeneuve directed this. Canadian. Um, a French Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. And I feel like he was snubbed in Best Director. I don't know who I would take out, but I feel like he should be in there. Mm. Um, especially because so many of the... he This movie has so many below the line nominations and he was the person who put all these pieces together. Right. And then to not honor the like the puzzle maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems odd to me. Okay, then number 2, Coda. I'm going to have to watch um, Coda. You have to watch Coda. It's just such a sweet, lovely movie. Oh, um wow. had a wonderful time watching Coda and number 1, West Side Story. West Side Story. <laughs> um but yeah, so that's my rewatchability ranking. Right. Um, but as discussed, has- the winner of this category is most likely Power of the Dog. The Power of the Dog, yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't watch yes, it. while I was watching it, I was reading articles. You don't have to watch it. I was reading articles trying to explain the ending while I was watching it because <laughs> I was, like, very confused. I'm like, what's going on? And then I was explaining it to my parents. I was like, okay, so he did this. Yeah. And so it's actually been... Remember the beginning when this happened? This, 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 this. So, yeah. Not for me. 
I mean, well, I feel like that concludes our episode for um, the Oscars. You're welcome for the last like 10 or so minutes of non-musical theater related content. But to bring us back to musical theater related content, it is now time for our obsession of the week. My obsession for this week. So a movie um, that I very much enjoyed this year um, is The Lost Daughter. It was not nominated for Best Picture. But a nominee in that movie is Jessie Buckley. And Jessie Buckley, do you know what she's doing right now? No, I have no idea what she's doing. She is currently playing Sally Bowles in the West End. Oh, with, with Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. the MC. Yeah. Can, um, can I tell but, you very briefly that I watched the curtain yes. call of this for like, I don't Me know too. why it came up. I'm obsessed that they're all wearing like gray suits. The suits. The yeah. suits. I know. I saw that too. It's great. Okay. So my actual obsession. Do you know where Jessie Buckley got her start? No. What her first entrant into the industry was? She was on the reality show, I'd Do Anything, where they were looking for the Nancy and Oliver for the West End. Wasn't Samantha Barks on that also? Yes, Samantha Barks came in third, and Jessie Buckley came in second place. She almost was Nancy and Oliver when she was 18 years old. Who did win, I'd Do Anything? I believe the answer is um, an actress named Jodie Prenger, who I was looking up, and nothing really notable Okay. Since not the way Jesse Buckley and Samantha Barks no. have had like big successes. I mean, since. Samantha Barks is currently you know Elsa in Frozen on the West End. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, Jesse Buckley, Oscar nominee, BAFTA nominee for playing young Lita in the, the Lost Daughter, and so my obsession is uh, Jesse Buckley performance on the show. I'd do anything. Her kind of star-making performance, if you will, was singing the song The Man That Got Away from A Star Is Born. Um, She was like Irish Nancy, so she's always wearing green. You know, when we had like Over the Rainbow, they all had their Dorothy dresses like in different colors. Her color was green (laughs) because she's Irish. Um, And she just has like a really, really lovely, beautiful voice. And I didn't, when I was watching Lost Daughter, I did not realize that she had this like musical theater past and present so i love to see musical theater actors yeah get this recognition so i'm just really happy for her i loved her in lost daughter and i love seeing her as an 18 year old sing the man that got away and andrew lloyd weber just fawning over her Like, I love those. Um, those shows are great. Absolutely. Yeah. They should do more. They, they should, should do, do more. more. I know. Um, okay, my obsession this week is a very, very recent obsession. It is very relatable to this year's Oscar specifically. We finally, and I feel like I manifested this, and maybe Lynn listened <laughs> to our episode. We got yeah, it was <laughs> the song from Superbia from Tick, Tick, Boom, Sextet Montage. Will be 
I love this song so much. You um, asked me last week, you were like, have you listened to it? I'm like, yes, obviously five times. Like, I love this song. But what I meant to mention on our Tick, Tick, Boom episode that reminded me when I listened to this song again, first of all, I feel like this should have been released on the soundtrack when it came out because why wasn't it released on the soundtrack? I feel like they kept the soundtrack very much to like Jonathan songs. Mm. I know Superbia is written by Jonathan, but like Superbia was like outside. Yeah. I don't mind them not doing it, but I wish it was like a bonus track at the end. They didn't have to put it like in the order it was in the in the movie. Right, because there but are like, bonus tracks on the soundtrack and now it's like its own individual mm. thing. So it doesn't go into the like Tick Tick yeah. Boom album when I'm listening to it. So I have to like pick mm-hmm. it separately, which I do, but whatever. I love the song. Yeah. The other thing though that I meant to mention on our episode, um, listening to the Superbia stuff and then also the song Swimming, um, and then it reminded me because he is in the movie. Joe Iconis, I feel, takes inspiration from Jonathan Larson's Superbia stuff because I hear a lot of Be More Chill in specifically that song. That like the, the instrumentation that yes. they're using, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and Joe is in that composer scene, and Lauren mm-hmm. Marcus, his wife, is in the movie. So I feel like. I mean, I haven't like listened to or read enough Joe Iconis interviews to know if he actually was inspired, but I assume most people, most composers were inspired by Jonathan Larson. But there are moments in swimming that I hear like the underscoring of Be More Chill. And I think it's so interesting Mm. um, to hear like these songs reorchestrated for this movie and then to go back and listen to old songs. But obviously Tick, Tick, Boom has been around for years, so they existed. But I meant to mention that on our episode and listening to the song again reminded me of that. Listening to this song, the song that I keep getting reminded of is Light My Candle mm. when um, the two of them are kind of like I'm having a dialogue in the middle of it. Yes. Um, I keep hearing like, do you go to the cat scratch yes. club? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. what I keep hearing in the like, just like the kind of like flirty dialogue that yeah. they're having in the middle of the song. Um, and I, I was like, oh, why does it remind me of that? And I'm like, oh, the because same they were written by it. the same man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I was like, duh. Anyway, I love this song. I think it's so fun. Someone like dig up the script to Superbia and like put it at an <laughs> off-Broadway theater. I will see it. Put it regionally. I think it would be cool to like bring it back because it's now like kind of in the conversation again. Mm. Um, and there were so many like musical theater cameos in that scene. I think like specifically Kate Rockwell, who was like in that number. And then, you know, Josh Henry is in that number. It's just fun. I love the chorus. It's just like really good stuff. Did you see, I think they tweeted, um, so they had to get like clips for the montage moment where they're like rehearsing Superbia. And so Lynn shared that they, he played a bunch of musical theater songs and just had everyone lip sync to them. Oh, really? That's and then great. put them in. So they shared a clip of them all lip syncing Seasons of Love uh, to close out the day and just like having a wonderful time. And I was like, this is, this is sweet. I don't know. That was a movie that was made with so much love. So if we're talking rewatchability. Tick, tick, boom. Let's talk rewatchability. It's been rewatched. It's been rewatched. Yeah. And it will be rewatched. And you can also like Mm -hmm. pick out those songs and just rewatch those scenes. Like I could go on and on and on about this movie. I love it so much. But yeah, I'm so happy that this was released. I would like to think that Lynn heard me say it. I manifested it. (laughs) So you're welcome, everybody, because now it's available to stream. Um, But yeah, that wraps up our episode on the Oscars. Um, We will obviously be watching on March 27th to see what happens. Um, I'm sure we'll be live tweeting. And if there's a musical moment, like... Again, the Academy listened to us. So just remember (laughs) that. Um, We manifested it. Yes, exactly. But uh, 
yeah so if you want to listen to any of our other episodes you can do that by subscribing to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and we would really appreciate it if you left us a rating and review on apple podcasts and you can follow us on twitter and instagram at off to be away with the number two and let us know what you think is going to happen with movie musicals at this oscars and any oscars in the future and we will see you guys next time bye